Shkoyach, let's uh, make a few comments as to where we left off. Um, I wanted to actually point out something interesting that um, we were speaking. We were speaking about uh, the gra the Gra's commitment to to going back to the sources um, as a as a major theme within his uh, within his chibur on uh, on Shulchan Aruch. And in principle, his whole method of learning emphasised that you know more than more than most. Um, what I want to add to that is uh, something which is interesting, uh, and that is to actually take note of the fact that there's a certain amount of confidence, uh, which is unusually, unusually strong within uh, a person's ability, you know, to quote these old sources. Number one is, you know, you go, you go further afield than, than, than most people were doing at the time, um, using, you know, even Yerushalmi's Tosefta's uh, Midrashim, Zohar's, uh, many of these, of these, um, you know, more, let's call it never used in, not never used, but not as often used in, in areas of Psak. But the one area which was actually um, an eye opener to me was the following. The first time I experienced something like this, you know, was in a, uh, was in a shir with Rav Lichtenstein and um, the following, the following sort of came up. It was, uh, we were, we were, he was in Shear, we were busy talking. I mean, he's giving over the Shear. And, uh, you know, somebody said, somebody quoted a a, uh, a Rishon uh, to the opposite of what he was saying. And uh, anyway, he, he said basically, which I hardly ever heard him say, but he basically said, I know what you're saying, but I, I'm convinced that it's a Tawut Sofer, like it's a mistake. Now, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, to know how to do that because you have to be so confident in order to come along and say, listen, you've got a mistake there in the text. Can't be right. You have to know, you have to know so much in order to make that kind of a statement. And so when I remember, you know, it's, it's, a, it's weighed heavy on how you're going to do it. And everyone starts to go and in those days there was no Google, but in those days you would just go and try and find every manuscript to try and see you know, had he read it right, were the ones that supported him. But he himself at the time when he made mention of this and somebody asked him, you know, how could you say that? He said, you know, that, you know, he quoted off Soloveitchik saying it a couple of times that he was supremely confident and he said he wouldn't be as confident as the Rav is. Um, but what you do see is that, um, so if you read the accounts of what the Gra has done in Shulchan Aruch, you, you, uh, you'll be surprised that um, the Gra says the words ta'ut sofer or ta'ut sofrim, you know, more than 200 times. So when you start clocking it up, it's one thing to say it once that you're convinced it's a mistake. You know what I mean? But to, to, to have the ability to do that, where you can actually, um, you can actually, you know, take it upon yourself to say ta'ut sofrim and, uh, and, and you use this particular tool to reject distinctions proposed by uh, by great poskim and um, you know relying on these forgotten sources the gra is going to now correct mistakes that uh, that crept into the text and you know the beauty of it is if he's right and, and he's, he's correcting that then it solves so many of the issues people have written svarim uh, you know with major chidushim uh, of pilpul and and all sorts of londas to, to try and reconcile contradictions which may not exist if you had the right sources to do so. So, um, you know, when you, 
when you when you are able to say such a thing, you really need to have you need to have a supreme confidence and and an unbelievable amount of knowledge in order to in order to do such a thing. I'll just uh, share a famous uh, comment of the Gaon uh, with regard to this uh, particular story, and that is that um, if you open up the Shulchan Aruch to Orachaim Lamed Aleph, I'll just got uh, the Shulchan Aruch here. I'll read it to you. Um, this is a famous minag that you that you will have encountered, uh, and that is the minag about wearing tefillin on Cholam Oed. So um, the Shulchan Aruch writes like this: This is a Merachaim Siman Ben Aleph Siman Ben Aleph Sif Shabbat v'Yom Tov Asur Aniach Tefillin Mipnei Shehaim Atzmam Ot They themselves or a sign of a Brit between Amishon and Kosh Baruch And if you, and if you add another sign, um, it's almost like a dilution instead of, a, instead of an addition. And so therefore it's a problem to, to, to wear tefillin on Shabbos and on Yom Tov. In, in uh, Sif Bet, this is the, this is the Shulchan Aruch now, of Yosef Karo. Apparently, in his mind, has also got a, uh, a definition, uh, a connotation of ot. That's, the, that's what he says over here. Now, we know from the Beit Yosef, which we'll get a little bit later, we, before he writes the Shukhan Aruch, he writes the Beit Yosef, bringing all the Rishonim until this point in time, together under one roof to uh, discuss a topic. And Shukhan Aruch really just uh, refines what he did in the Beit Yosef and comes to a, a full-on halachic conclusion. But uh, Shukhan Aruch is very, very committed to this idea that you shouldn't put on tefillin on, on, on Cholam Oed. The Ramah comes along and says, the Yesh Omim Shukhan Oed Chayi B'Tfilin. And there are those who say that, uh, you, yes, you do need to put on tefillin. And, uh, you know, the Beit Yosef himself brings the Rosh as having stated this. And uh, in all our surrounds, all our areas, in other words, in Ashkenaz, our minag is to put on tefillin and to make a brocha. You know, you somehow have you 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 make a quieter brocha, you know, in in shul. But according to the Rama, you're putting on tefillin normally in shul, and uh, okay during the year you might pronounce that you're doing it. Oh, yeah, you just do it quietly. That's uh, so that's what the that's what the Rama over here says. You know, so um, yeah. So this is this is a classic example. So what I was referring to you the the bait yourself is uh, is very against it. He he. He has issues not just with Alpilets, uh, what we call Torah Nigle, where there's a, a Londish argument, but he's got an he's got an argument that uh, you know that um, he says Alpi Kabbalah. It's it's it's, it's a person who does it is is what they call Kotzeitz Benitiot, where it means you chop down the trees, but it means like you are you violating Apikorosut. It's like a it's a real serious comment that with regard to Alpi Kabbalah as well that. Uh, that, that this is a this is a problem. But the Rama, 
There are my rules uh, based on the Balea Tosfot and the Rosh that Tfilin should be worn on, on Cholamoyed. Now, the Balea Tosfot actually have a, a really good proof uh, to their position. And it's uh, based on a Gomorrah in Beitza. So the Gomorrah, the, 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 the Mishnah there, um, it talks, the Gomorrah there talks about um, sending articles of clothing to a person on Yontif. So there the Mishnah just simply says that a person can send clothes, whether they uh, have been fully uh, woven together, sewn up or not. Uh, as, as long as a person is, a person has a, a Torah HaMoed, as long as the clothes that you're sending to somebody fulfill a need because he has, he doesn't have his own, um, that it's, it's mutar. So the, the, the klal is that uh, whatever may be used on Yontif uh, may be sent on, on Yontif. That's the, the basic rule over there. You know, based on this Mishnah, so the Gemara quotes Rav Sheshet over the page and, and Dav Tetvav, as that uh, Rav Sheshet says that it's mutar for somebody to send tefillin on Yomtev to somebody else. So Abaye raises an objection. He says, once again, I'm not a put on tefillin on, on Yomtev. You know, and, and the Mishnah only allows us to send whatever is a Tzorech HaMoed. Anyway, so Rav Shashet works out, he changes the, the punctuation in the, in the, in the last uh, sentence of the Mishnah. And you know, what it means to say is that Whatever one uses on a weekday, you know, maybe maybe sent on a on, on a yontif. But one thing that's not open for debate or that's not unclear is that the Mishnah conditions its allowance on the fact that the item being sent is necessary for the for the moed. So you see from here, says the Balatos, what that tefillin are worn on on cholamoyed uh, because you'd rather you'd rather send them on on yontif. That's the that's the real strong proof of the Balatos, what the Rosh Paskans like that, and the Sarah's the Ramah. It's quite a it's quite a strong proof. So uh, anyway, what so if you have a look in the Shukharok, if you have a chance later on, that is in the Bureau Gra, there's there's a there's a whole statement over here. Um, you know the the Gra basically says as follows. He says, Taut Sofer. It's, it's not uh, it's not accurate at all. Rather, right? essentially, that there's a there's a problem in the text of the of the of the Mishnah. And, and how does he know? So the the Gra quotes a Yerushalmi um, from that from that uh, from the Gemara Beitza, where the Mishnah explicitly states there that um, you can send tefillin to somebody even though. It's not necessary for the Yontif. The whole text has changed, according to the Rishon. You know, so there's no, there's no real, you know, there's no real proof in that in that regard. So yeah, the Gaon is using again Yerushalmi, you know, and he's and he's preferring the text of the Yerushalmi, you know, over the over the Bavli. Um, and and we don't, I don't, we don't know why exactly. Well, you know, what what's bitten him? In other words, what? What's, why is he so sure that the Bavli is wrong and the Yishalmi, the Yishalmi is right? And so, um, you know, this is the, this is the, you know, this, this example was, uh, was, was, was taught to me by Rabbi Kromban, who I've mentioned before. 
and you know, on on the on his on his uh, in his shurim on the ground, and um, basically this the question was in this particular sugya, what what do, what do we think that um, you know that motivated the gra to reject the bavli um, and prefer the text of of the Rushalmi? What made it more complicated is, is that people then start to investigate and you start to bring out old manuscripts and um, you know uh, you start to see that that you know the the Graz emendation is questionable so uh, that's a real it's a real issue but anyway the, from the the grass point of view is that um, since there's no unequivocal proof from the bubbly in either direction so we can't use the bubbly we have to we have to now we have to um, use the Yerushalmi's text. And uh, quite possibly the fact that the Zohar is so anti uh, putting on Trinidad and Cholamoyed, and the, in the Beit Yosef teaches us that as well, become a well-known opinion of the Zohar. So um, you get to a point where this is maybe what's going on behind the, this understanding that there's a machlokas here. The text in the Bavli is questionable. Um, the Yerushalmi is definite, and the Zohar supports the Yerushalmi. Um, and, and one point which we haven't gotten to yet, and made into a whole, we need to make, we need to put a lot of effort into appreciating this, and that is that the Gaon was insistent that there, that he could, you know, that there is a, um, there's no contradiction between the Zohar and the Gemara. You should be able to, you know, resolve resolve everything nicely. And that's a, you know that's a big that's that's a big uh, that's a real big challenge because many of times you find that you know dinim al sod and what what motivates chachma uh, kabbalah is 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 often at, at odds with what uh, what's going on in the in the Bible or in the Gemara, but um, but I just I just bring it as an example that you should appreciate that this concept of going back to the sources. Besides being methodological in approach, the impact is huge when you take it to the nth degree because you're gonna you're gonna literally solve so much, so many arguments, uh, and and even come up with chidushim in psak halacha that uh, that's gonna put you outside minak ashkenaz. I mean, in, in the end of the day, the balat tosvot, the rosh, the rama, you know, hundreds of years. Of 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 Masora, you know, have been established based on, in the grass opinion, a tout sofer, and not uh, and not and not ability, whatever. They never, maybe they never had it. They didn't think about it. They rejected it. Or whatever the reason is, the Yerushalmi and the Zohar didn't play a role in in how the Balatos fought uh, Paskin the Shaila, and so imagine doing this. I mean, this what he's done. He's like he's overturned the minag. Okay, he's arguing with the Ramah, so it's 150 years before him. But we're talking about going back to the Rosh and to the Balat Tosfot. You know, making making such a case is a very, and you're making it based on your feeling that there's a Taut area. It's a it's a it's a phenomenal uh, leap of confidence that you have to have in order to do such a thing. But uh, this is not the only time such a thing is done. But what I'm just saying to you as an example, it's important to understand what it means. Uh, being dedicated to, uh, you know, to the concept of going back to the sources. Now, we we asked in the previous discussions, we uh, we try to fathom, you know, 
what message the Gaon is giving to us by writing a Bureau in Shulchan Aruch, you know, that was, uh, was so difficult to work with. That um, even for the Tamarei Chachomim, it's so terse, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's so concise, um, it's, it's uh, very difficult. So where was he positioning himself? And, um, and you know, at the time we weren't 100% sure, and it's, it's always a difficult one to try and um, ascribe motivations to people. But I'll just share two ideas or two approaches that, um, that, that have been, that, you know, that we've been taught and, and uh, you know, just good to, good to know and appreciate them. So, um, anyway, this, um, the, there are different Tamir Chachomim who over the years have dedicated their, their Koyach to, um, to understanding the, the Gra and the Gra's methodological approach. So, uh, one, of, uh, one, one approach that's been developed is, is as follows. And that is that um, ever, since, ever since the Rishonim began to write um, in such a way, uh, let's call the Rambam, we'll use him the Rambam. Ever since the Rambam began to write halacha as distinct from the Gemara, meaning you divorce the texts from each other, such that the halachic book becomes a total encyclopedia of halacha in and of itself. There, there, was, there was such a massive split um, opinion divide on the matter as to how clever a move that was. You know, from the Rambam's point of view, somebody who's a, a tremendously organized mind, uh, you know, there's nothing like brevity. There's nothing like conciseness. There's categorizations of concepts. The, the Mishnah Torah is like a very, you know, very organized safer. Um, and that comes from uh, creating a halachic organized space outside of the, you know, the, 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 the so-called conversation of the Gemara. The Rift demonstrated how you can write halacha without divorcing it from the text of the Gemara. And interestingly enough, as you well know from uh, general knowledge, that critique never left the Rambam. So much so that in the end, meaning towards the end of his life, it became evident that he recognized that there was a problem here. That uh, divorcing it from the Gemara, you know, and not providing sources, uh, put him in a very, in a very difficult position because, you know, it's if you knew where the Rambam was getting it from, then half the correspondence with the Rambam may have been sorted out by uh, investigating the source more thoroughly, because you know where the Rambam's getting his psak from. He might not join all the dots for you, but you can actually then go and see. The fact that the Mishnah Torah was, you know, was on. Was, was intentionally uh, written without any sources. So now you're relying on, when you're asking the Rambam where he got it from, you're relying on the Rambam's memory. And even though for the majority of his life, the Rambam probably had this uh, photographic memory, uh, you know, we know from personal experience, unfortunately, that as you get older, the elasticity in your memory, you know, is somewhat, uh, is affected. And it's like, uh, I mean, you know, I know from my, myself, it's like a crazy thing to, to witness it happening in action. You know, where in the, in the younger years, you know, and I, I, I know I've, I've been giving uh, Shurim on, on Shabbos Droshes for, for 25 years here. And uh, for the first 10, 15, 15 years, I, could, I knew exactly what Drosha I gave across all 15 years ago. And I could therefore just watch out not to repeat it. Um, 
you know in other words you had a certain memory recall now i can't even i can't do that you can't you can't you don't have that same recall so you know depending on how Baruch blesses you how long you keep that memory uh you know elastic that you can mamash uh you know pick up anything i think i once saw a, a, a statement by Moshe Feinstein that before he was 65 he didn't forget anything you know so that's an amazing feat but okay He's after 65, he lived till 90 something. So, so 95, 96. So, you know, you've got to write the sources down. Anyway, the Rambam suffered from that tremendously. And, uh, you know, at the same time, he, he gave Tamil uh, Chachomim a lot of jobs because so many in every single generation, there are people that are taking on to try and work out where the Rambam got it from and writing the sources. But this was the, this was the big issue. So, um, that was the Rambam. So now comes the Shulchan Aruch. So the publication of the Shulchan Aruch now, uh, you know, accelerates the process by which uh, halachic decision-making um, becomes detached from the Gemara. Because now it becomes possible for you and me to, number one, uh, look up the halacha without even knowing the sugi and the Gemara. And number two, if you're a rabbi and you decide to pass Kanshailas, so the first thing is somebody, you know, and you, you know you're short on time and somebody gives you, somebody asks you a question, you know, the last book you're going to go for is the Gemara. You know, the first book you're going to go for is some, some Kitsur which is going to summarize the Aloha for you somewhere. So in the old days, you know, you went for the Shulchan Aruch, but to us, the Shulchan Aruch is, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like too hectic. You need to find some, you know, much more user-friendly book which is going to give you, which is going to give you the answer. And so, in the eyes of many critics, this detachment was uh, liable to lead to very, uh, very unfavorable results. You know, you can have impaired decision-making, you know, um, diminished occupation with the study of, of, of Chazal in the original sources. And so, uh, you know, so, so when the Shulchan Aruch was published, I don't know how much he had compared to the Rambam, because at least there, there were... There might have been some sources. The Beit Yosef had already maybe achieved what uh, what was lacking in the Rambam. But bottom line is is that the Shulchan Aruch was not uh, was not left alone about this. People, the Maral Miprag, um, you know, and his brother Chaim Betzalel, together with uh, the Marshal, the uncle of the Rama, they all uh, they all gave it to him. They all they literally, you know, they were upset about about how he wrote his Shulchan Aruch. And detaching it from the Gemara. And so, even, you know, but at the same time, look what the Shukhan Aruch did, right? He made a call. And maybe this was, this was part of his genius, that the Beit Yosef maybe was his, maybe was his way to say, you can see what I've said based on what I've said in a massive commentary on the tour. And now I need something that's, that's brief and concise. So you've got much more because you have that, you can put the two together, you can maybe see it. But nevertheless, you know, the, the Shulchan Aruch did suffer from this critique. But um, in the end now, this, this, this introduction sort of may give us an, an, an understanding. This is a, this is a viewpoint that, uh, that, that is proposed by, a, a, you know, Talmud Chochem, you know, Rabbi Chernovitz, who writes, uh, who writes a lot about the methodological approaches of the Gra. And... Um, so he, uh, he basically talks, he thinks that the Gra is, uh, is making a statement along 
by writing his, his Biuragraha, the way he wrote it, he's making a statement dealing with this particular issue. So what, what really the Grah has to ask, what's his opinion about this issue of, of separating out Halacha, you know, from, from the Gomorrah. So th- what seems to come out is that there's actually uh, some sort of a paradox over here that you have to look at it in one of two ways. On the one hand, it's clear that the Gaon's goal was to return to the Gomorrah, you know, clean out all the, you know, just go back to the main sources. And so um, since, since, you've got to, since things have got to be decided based on what the Gomorrah said, you've got to go back to the, the sources, uh, the Gomorrah and other works of Chazal. Uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, it's clear that by the time the Gaon came along, uh, the wide acceptance of the Shulchan Aruch, um, you know, made it clear that this has become now the fundamental work upon which uh, all practical uh, halacha is going to be decided on. So, you know, you have to now work out what you're going to do. So the Gra is going to write a commentary on Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, which, uh, which clarifies the, the sources of their respective opinions. So he, the, the grass got no problem disagreeing with the Ramah and the Shulchan Aruch. But as I said before, you know, the, the sources in the Bira Gra are not there to necessarily disagree. The sources are, are to more identify, you know, where in the Gemara, where in the words of Chazal, that uh, it was the, you know, what was the base in, in that particular, in that, in that particular, um, in a piece of, in, in other words, in Amasora of Torah Shabbat Peh, what, where was the source for, for the Shukhan Aruch and for the Ramah? So, on the one hand, you can clearly see he doesn't want to he doesn't want to detach from uh, from the Gemara. It's got to it's got to uh, it's got to have it find its source. At the same time, the garden the garden didn't write a parish of Aloha on the Gemara. In other words, because he saw how you know that the Shulchan Aruch in the end of the day had such a great impact. So um, so therefore, the Gaon writes a kind of a parish which is on the one hand critical, go back to the sources and you have to go there. You can't detach from there. And, uh, and the other one is to be um, humble about it and, uh, and recognize how, how, how uh, amazing the Shulchan Aruch is. And so, um, so therefore you write a, you write a perush, but you don't do something completely, 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 uh, you know, uh, completely new and write your own. And so this is, uh, you know, this is really what, what, what um, people are saying as a, an intuition about what the what the garden w- w- was doing. So, uh, you know, he, um, yeah, the, he he was the garden was capable of writing a shulchan aruch himself. And so, therefore, if he's going to write a shulchan aruch, you know, and he's going to now have it in, written in such a way where he can he can um, he can he can have the sources there, you know. Why so? Why didn't he do that? Like write your write your own, but he obviously has a reason not to do so. So um, what what's really interesting about this is that is that um, we have we have actually uh, we we actually have a statement by the Gaon on this particular matter, and that is if you you look into the introduction to the Biragra, the it's written by, it's written and put together by the sons and the relatives of the Gra. And so 
they basically say, they say the following, that uh, the, he was, tucker, the Gaon was asked why he never wrote his own Shulchan Aruch. And the answer they quote in the, in the Hakdama over here is that uh, I never got Rishus from Shemayim to do so. In other words, the Hashgokha has decided in favor of the Shulchan Aruch and the Gra bowed his head in this matter. Um, but at the same time, it didn't stop him um, being, critic, being critical in a very subtle way. Meaning like, you know, go back, go back to the sources. In fact, there's a, a letter that um, the, the, um, there's a letter that confirms this that the Rebchaim Velozhina has from the Gra, uh, where, um, where the Gra talks to him about the method of Psak. And he tells him, he, he, he gives him an instruction, you know, never to ignore the halachic truth as it emerges from the Gemara, uh, even if it means that you have to reject the ruling of the Shulchan Aruch. So you see on both sides, you know, the grass sort of like trying to tread carefully over here. And this is one, uh, this is one approach to trying to understand what the grower was sort of telegraphing in the way he wrote the Biur. Uh, Rav Krombein introduced us to another, another approach as well. Um, there was a, there was a Rav who's actually made famous um, more from, you know, at least from my point of view, more from the, from the political angle than from knowing his works. Um, Rabbi Maimon was a, was a towering leader of the Mizrahi. And he was, uh, in fact, he's a signatory to the Declaration of Independence. But he was a tremendous, tremendous time in London. And so, uh, and he spent a lot of time also, you know, engaging in understanding the methodology, the methodology of the Gra. And so, um, he basically has a, uh, uh, his, his understanding is that um, there's, there's more of a methodological uh, emphasis in, in the Graz uh, Biur on the actual study of Torah than there is about the method of Psak and whether you, it's, it's divorced or, or, or attached to the Gomorrah. So what does is, what is he state? So apparently he says that there was a uh, there was a real issue that that many Tamidechachomim had with the methodological approach called pilpul. So, you know, the the uh, we 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 not really so. I mean, maybe you have seen it in in, in listening to different rabbonim give shir, but um, pilpul often involves you know very subtle interpretations um you know with with you know trying to build castles in the air on something that that uh, to try and answer up problems that you have in in the gemara um it's almost like it, it runs away from pashut pshat and the gaon being dedicated to pashut pshat to clarifying exactly what the sources are saying found uh you know, was in opposition to people very strongly. And so um, possibly that this is what really is, uh, you know, is, is going on over here. And that, and that um, in order to try and, you know, use a whole methodology, which is going to force you back to the sources to clarify the text and to get shut. So uh, that was, uh, 
that was all sort of like a, a statement with regard to, uh, you know, to, to what he was doing over here, you know, in, in, in the viewer, in the viewer as well. Um, so anyway, what we've, what we sort of come up with are two possible insights and, uh, you know, and, um, in an understanding of why it's such a complex, uh, uh parish and, uh, and what was, and what was the, what was the methodology behind it? Um, anyway, that, that's really, uh, you know, the comments that I just wanted to, I wanted to make when we more or less, I don't have too much, uh, information. I, I might have to look further to see, but, uh, it is a quite a challenging scenario to work out what was, uh, what was behind the go the Gowan's uh, style in the, in the bureau graph. So before we, uh, before we end of tonight, I thought I would just, uh, you know, I'll give you a chidosh of the gown on, on Pashat Chukat and, um, and, uh, and end off with uh, a nice little, a nice little vote, an idea, interpretation of a, of a Pasuk. So, uh, I actually forgot, uh, to even look in Pashat Balak because I don't, you know, I keep on forgetting that it's a double Pasha this week. It's not, it's a very, uh, and it's not that common. This Chukat Balak is actually a, uh, a double parsha. Anyway, so um, they, 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 I know, I know, uh, I know many more comments on Parshat Balak <laughs> of the Gaon than I know on Parshat Chukat. Anyway, nevertheless, uh, since I thought it was Chukat, I'll stick with it. But um, I could have made it easier for myself, if you know what I mean. Anyhow, um, we have uh, we have in our up and coming parsha in Parshat Chukat. We have uh, we have Moshe Rabbeinu's request to go through, you know, to Edom to pass through, and it's and it's rejected. Anyway, we uh, we we basically journey around, and eventually we get to Horahar, and Aaron Aaron is niftar. Aaron passes away. Aaron Akoin. and um, once Aaron passes away, the 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 Canaanim, the you know the Canaanite kings of Arad, you know they hear about it and they think that it's a, a good a good time to attack Klal Israel, and so um, anyway, bottom line is is that Akosh um, Baruch um, delivered us from the Canaanim, and uh, and we, we 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 carry on moving through. When we get to um, when we get to to the land of uh, when we go around, uh, we go this new journey, which is a little bit uh, oddest. So uh, Amisha start complaining again. You know, there's no food, there's no water. You know, Nafshainu, our, our uh, you know, our, our um, psychologically, emotionally. We like sick of this uh, of this man. So Akosh Baruch Hu sends these the uh, Nechashim against uh, against Klal Israel, and these Nechashim Asrafim uh, cause major casualties. And they do tshuva, they say chatanu, and uh, Akosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu what to do, and uh, you know tells him you know to to make make some sort of a a, 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 take a pole and put a, a snake around, a, a snake image around it, and uh, anyway, 
This is the pole, the pole of the snake that Moshe Rabbeinu, anybody who looks at it will become healed. Okay, that's the story there. And then, you know, Shishi tells us that they, uh, they, they, they start traveling and they camp in this place called Ovot. Then they go to Iyayavarim, etc. And they come to a place that tells you all the different places they get to. Anyway, eventually they get to um, this place called Arnon, which is on the Gvul Moav, between Moav and the Emori. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we introduced a type of a song that, um, that, that Amishal sing the song uh, in praise of Akosh Baruch Hu over here. Um, okay, so they sing the song. Well, and now this shira is a bit cryptic. You have to try and work out what it's saying over here. So um, the song basically says, Az Yashir Yisrael, at the shira azot, Ali ve'er enula. So uh, this is the uh, a song recognizing the well that Akush Baruch gave them through which they're going to get water. So the, what, is the, what does the song say? Well, the Pasuk says, so we're sitting here in, uh, in, in Perak Chaf Aleph, uh, Pasuk Yud Chet. Be'er Chafarua Sarim. You know, a well that princes dug. Karua Nedivayaham Bimchokhek Bimishanotam. The, the, the translation, the heart scroll, wells that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people excavated through a lawgiver with their staffs. Uh, and a gift from the from the wilderness. And it goes Nachliel, Nachliel Bamot, etc. So that's 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 a line, that a bit of a cryptic line. That this uh, that this well which princes dug and nobles excavated. Uh, what 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 is that all about? How do you interpret this? So again, from the cipher, uh, I mean, the truth is that this particular uh, vort is in the oldest swarim as well, in the Divrei Liyahu. Um, Anyway, so it says like this. These psukim, this be'er chafaru asarim, then the next pasuk, mimatana manachliel, mimidbar matana, matana nachliel, chazal darshan in masechet nadarim, dafnun hayu alef, ma'irichtiv umimidbar matana. What does it mean? Kivan shosei adam et atzmo kamidbar. If you make yourself like a desert, Shehu Mufkarla Kol, which is uh, which is hefka to everybody, that level of humility will draw Torah to you. Torah nitnalov matana, shenemar umimidbar, acting like a desert. In other words, without any gaiva, umimidbar matana, mechiven shenitnalov matana, nachaluel, you know, umimidbar matana, and from matana nachaliel, you have a pre, you have a a share in the heritage of Kosh Baruch Hu. Shenemar u'mimatana nachliel. The kibbutz shenachaluet shenachaluel ola shenachal shenachaluel ola ligdula. Shenemar 
Ruina Chriel Bamot. So one of the Talmudim of the Gaon asks the Gaon as follows. He says, this whole drosha, the way it's presented in the Gomorrah, he says, you've got the Gomorrah saying, let's make a comment on Mimidbar Matana, Mimatana Nachliel, Menachliel Bamot. So he says to the Gaon, how does the Gomorrah make such a drosha by chopping up the Pasuk in such a way that Mimidbar Matana is appended to the Matanan Nachliel, which comes after it. And there's a soft pasuk in the middle of the two, separating out the two pasukim. So Mimidbar Matana is actually a, the end of a pasuk. It's the phrase that belongs to the pasuk that goes beforehand. And Mimatana Nachliel, Nachliel Bamot, that's a new pasuk. So the pasuk that says, Be'er, the well, Chafaru Asarim, you know, uh, Princes Dag and uh, and and the Karua Nedivayam and nobles that excavated Mishanotam, you know, through a lawgiver. The Pasuk that's that's the Etnachta. Bimchokek Mishanotam. Then Umimidbar Matana Sof Pasuk. So you know that's what he asked the, the Gaon. So the Gaon answered him as follows. He says the Gemara is explaining the entire set of Psukim, both Psukim, Sarim, and the one that goes after, as one idea. The whole, both Psukim, you know, can be uh, understood referring to, to referring to Torah. He says, Be'er, the well, you think it's water, but water and the Be'er is, itself is a metaphor for Torah. Kiberi Torah. Kemosha Katuv, Shteimayim Vorach, Venosni Mitok Berecha. Umidata Torah Kachi. And the, the way the one is congruent with the middle of, of Torah is such that Shlomo Merach says in Kohelet, Kinemar Alea, Kibetzela Chokma, Betzela Kesef. Venemar, Eitzchaimilamachazikimba. So, Torah, says the Gaon, is actualized by combining two components. Component number one, the dedicated learners. Component number two, the people with the money to support the dedicated learners. So, um, you know, so, so he says, we can't learn properly without people's support. Those who support Torah, even if they can't learn, they have schar like that. Just like, just like a person who's learning. Says the Gaon, that's the Pasuk over here. Be'er he Torah. When you read the Pasuk and it says, Be'er, the well, that princes dug. He says, Be'er, Torah. Princes digging, Chafarua Sarim. That means, it refers uh, metaphorically to the serious learners of Torah who invest the koach in mining for the truths of Torah. They dig up secrets of Torah. They, are, they literally get into the kishkas and, and mine the secrets of Torah. 
Then the song carried on and said, this bear, which princes dug. And then it says, you know, that great people uh, excavated. That, that, that second expression, karua, milat karua, you know, lichrot is to dig. But the Gaon says, hulashon kinyan, that's a pasuk in Pasuk Vayechi about, uh, you know, this ability of, of like making a, 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 a brit with a Kosh And uh, you're talking about, you're talking about, um, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor here, but Yaakov Avinu refers to, to what he dug up in, in, uh, in Chutzaret that he was prepared to give away uh, in order to, um, in order to be, to his, to his family. And, and the Pasuk is telling you that both the supporter of Torah and the learner of Torah, both of them, So that's the Gaon's way of interpreting the Pasuk, it's all about Limur Torah. So where the Pasuk, the Shira goes, it says like this, it says, Az Yashir Yisrael, okay? And it says, Be'er Chafaru Asarim, the Torah can be supported by, or is actualized by, those who dig and mine its, uh, its, its, its sweetness and its lessons, uh, and it's also supported by and one does it one group of people who can learn do it by learning means getting to the essence of it and working hard to extract it and the other group of people support Torah uh, with, with their with their um, with, with their support of resources towards Torah and once the Pasuk is inter- in, interpreted as being a Pasuk that talks about how you actualize Torah and you keep it going, then it says, so how do those people learn and be successful in the, in the learning? Pasuk continues, make yourself like a midbar, and then you'll get a, a matana of Kosh uh, Baruch Torah. And then when you have, uh, you know, matana, then you'll have a nachala in a Kosh Baruch And the nachala then will allow you to, to um, the nachala, if you're granted, Her, the heritage of Akash Baruch's Torah, uh, you will then be Olele Gdula as the song ends, Umanachleel Bamot. You become uh, somebody who's on a pedestal. Anyhow, that's the Gaon's interpretation of that particular uh, Shira. So we'll close with that. And um, please go next week. We'll move on to, on to something else. Ah, I must just actually. I'm not sure what everybody's plan is, if, if there's holidays and people are going away, but it's, I know everyone's breaking up school um, at the end of the week. So um, I think we will take a break for the school holidays and, uh, and reconvene and reconvene when we go back to school um, 20th of July or something like that. So uh, I'll, uh, you know, if we don't go away, we're still here, whatever it is. And maybe we can see who's around, but otherwise, we'll take a we'll take a break. Gosh, if you if you're here, it'll be lovely to get back on again. Okay, yeah, no worries. Thanks, Rabbi. Thanks very much.
Okay, everybody, be well, eh? Eh? Thank you. 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 Th